Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, welcome to uh, Joe Squared. If you like us, uh, subscribe, tell a friend, tell your mum, tell your sister, tell your brother, tell, tell, you, tell all your friends, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, grandparents. grandparents. A grandparent would love a listen, you know. Might make them feel young again. So <laughs> put a little review there, subscribe, do your thing. Thanks. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, we're back, baby, back. It's, it's been a while. It's Flavors Weekly. It's the 27th of November. Is it going to come out today, though? No. Yeah, but that's when we're recording. People like to know the sort of behind-the-scenes things. It doesn't take long to edit this, by the way. Yeah. It has done in the past, but we're trying to go one-take wonders again. Yeah, like we were back in our glory days. Yeah, they were our glory days. Back at uni, in that fresh studio. That was so fun, man. But we got a better studio now. We got a, a homemade studio. Yeah, with our own equipment that we own. Yeah, we bought this. Fuck yeah. With money, self-made. Oh, We've come a long way. We have. We're not on the government's tea anymore <laughs> that much. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're back with another episode. Um, so, we've been reading. You know me. I think. I think the tabloids have have their place, along with the, the broadsheets. I picked up The Sun the other day. Red top. Inside front page, two stories on China. China. One. China. Frankly. <laughs> the uh, Grinder. Yeah. A dating app for the non, LGBT. Non, non-heteronormative people, if you will. Okay. The L- LGBT. LGBTQIA+. Plus. Plus community community so they were so grinder grinder was purchased by a company called kunlun a chinese company so essentially the chinese government because every company in china is answerable to the government yeah uh there's now there's some security risks with this because people on the app put up their HIV status, their, they exchange all sorts of funky messages yeah. about what they might want to do to each other, to their orifices, <laughs> things like this, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's quite an explicit app. The thing is, is that two men, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when they're involved with each other, yeah. I mean, I've never been in a gay relationship, but... I think they're just going at it a lot. Well, I mean, from what I saw <laughs> in uh, I May Destroy You. Have you seen, did you watch that? Yeah, the Michaela, uh, Cole. Michaela Cole. Yeah, that is what I'm basing it on. So, yeah, that's what I'm basing <laughs> any knowledge about Grindr on is um, the, the guy Kwame, I think his name is, yeah. it, is on a, a sort of substitute Grindr yeah. app, but basically... Unofficial Grindr. Unofficial Grindr, but... The the turnaround for a relationship on Grinder is 
instantaneous. Yeah. As opposed to, well, I'm sure this happens on Tinder and Hinge and all, all those other apps as well. But it just seems that on Grinder, if you're on it, you can you can house some. Yeah. Sexual... You can have location-based sex quite quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so. In terms of that, the, the, it's quite explicit, it's quite forthright, it's quite up-to-date, quite quick. And as you mentioned earlier, that you you may not have come out. Yeah. So, so the information... It's, it's a risk because... And this is why the US government told them that they, they're not allowed to own a grinder. is because there's a risk that their HIV status, these messages... And the actual fact that they're on Grinder, which is basically, in a, in a, you know, is there? It's an admission that that they are non-heterosexual. Yeah. Uh, it could be used to blackmail them. Yeah. So the so the U.S. government said, no, you're not allowed to own this. Uh, so sell it on. We'll give you a deadline uh, of June 2020. And it's it's just gone through that they've sold it to a company called San Vicente Acquisitions, who are very close ties to Kunlun. <laughs> so, watch out, gays. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's okay to say. Uh, <laughs> watch out, non-heteronormative uh, people. Because yeah, I mean, because China owns your information. Yeah, and it was proved that uh, Kunlun gave their employees access to the private information. Yeah, which, I mean, is frightening anyway. I mean, data companies, data anything. I still haven't watched The Social Dilemma because I'm frightened about how much yeah. information that I'm giving to people. So I'd rather not know about it. There's no GDPR in China. <laughs> it's only, it only goes to the EU. Fair <laughs> enough, man. It's quite frightening. Actually, GDPR, it, it applies to you if you're dealing with EU countries' data. Okay, but America doesn't have it, so maybe that's why America is worried about this because it's blocked. Yeah, well, yeah. Like they don't really have much data regulation. US is unregulated. Yeah. So, well, I mean, this is kind of regulation because they're telling them you can't own this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a definite fear from the US about yeah. China's dominance and, and what data they hold and what they're going to use against their citizens. As we mentioned yeah. earlier with Donald Trump and TikTok and the uh, the blocking of it being owned by a Chinese company or that they need to sell it and then they were going to sell it to Microsoft and then they, they put in a sale elsewhere, um, which is interesting to see the sort of remnants of like Cold War. We never grew up in Cold War... Um, times but i suppose this is quite similar to that yeah communism and how how our relationship with with another dominant world but i mean according to a lot of people in america the the man that was just elected president is a communist joe biden mm -hmm. he's more he's... center right <laughs> than than most people but i mean <laughs> If they want to think he's... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Say no to socialism. Hell yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, he's centre. Yeah, I'm yeah. centre. Yeah. Well, I believe in the NHS, which is quite left-wing. Well, yeah. I'm not believing it, but I support it. Of course. So, what else have you been uh, indulging yeah. in this week? I uh, consumed a documentary last night. Mm. Uh, Defending Digger D on the BBC Three. 
So Digger D is a, a drill artist, mm. uh, which is a, a genre of music. Kind of, there's come it's in the post grime era. Post grime, yeah. And basically, it's about violent crime and drug selling. Yeah, it's about people's lived experience. It sort of came up from people's lived experiences yeah. in London, Manchester, Birmingham, any other places. There is dr- there are now drill scenes. That, well, I think it originated in Chicago with uh, Chief Keith, Chief Keith, and um, the other one. Who's just coming out of jail? Yeah. Ah, uh, oh, I forgot. Is it Jay Z? No, not Jay Z. Right. But um, yeah. So it, it originated over there. Came over to the UK. Some people think that the UK's drill scene is the best. I agree. There's Australian drill now. I don't know if you've seen uh, it. It's good. Is actually. I quite enjoy it. Well, they they they're now featuring on a. UK artists or UK artists now featuring on their tracks. Australian, yeah, Dutchavelli, the the yeah Dutch guy, <laughs> the, the Dutch guy <laughs> featured on one of their tracks. Who has been recently uh, involved in some, I don't know, allegations of uh, his 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 Instagram got hacked and he was messaging a fourteen year old. Yeah, I mean, let's not let's, let's not, not go it. into it. Let's not ask a fourteen year old to see our toes. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah. Uh, thank God the Chinese government hacked his Insta. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody targeted Dutch Belly. <laughs> they may have known. Anyway, people are trying to get him cancelled. It, it's been a whole thing. Dutch Belly's mum came out defending him. Sisters. I I'm don't not know. sure if it's cancelled. If you're, if you're engaging in sort of paedophilic messaging, I think that's just <laughs> that's just karma. Yeah. That's just straight up. There's right and wrong. No, but some people are just saying this guy needs to be, he can't have a platform anymore. Why are you trying to give this guy a platform when he's a paedophile? Yeah, straight up. Yeah. <laughs> but the Allegedly, uh, but it's not alleged because it's his Instagram. Yeah. So why why do you have to call it alleged? Because well, it hasn't been proven yeah, in court, in I guess. Court, in court, in a court of law. I'm not sure if this, like, is, would this go to court? No, because nobody's pressing charges. Well, not yet. It was the family of the girl. So he, he had close links with the family of the girl. So that even the mother of the child has come out and oh, said that s- this, isn't, this isn't what it seems. We're close friends. Da, 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 da. So it's but a he whole... Asked her to... So he asked the mum to give a statement. Everybody's giving statements. Dutch Avelli's mum's given a statement. Dutch Avelli's given a statement. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. Anyway, we got, we got They're sidetracked. They're on all fronts. Though. Yeah, so people are like <laughs> complicit in the sort of uh, silencing of any allegations. Anyway, it's it's a, it's a crazy situation. But drill, yeah, drill is the new come up. Grime was our thing. Garage was my sister's thing. It's, it seems that UK are now here. What's the next thing going to be? Who knows? But drill is the thing at the moment. I hope. I hope that. You know, hymns and choirs make a big comeback for the next generation. Yeah, I like Celtic music. My dad, <laughs> yeah, plays, my yeah. dad plays this sort of like <laughs> Celtic hymn music once a year on Christmas Day. And it's it's beautiful, man. I do love the... I love all types of music. Send me that album. <laughs> I send me a do. link. Yeah, Ask Alan. <laughs> but, uh, Praise Alan. Praise Alan. Uh, so, yeah. This guy, Digger D, uh, the documentary starts. By the way, very, very well shot. 
all all done by Marion. Uh, yeah, so it starts with him coming out of Feltham prison. Yeah, HMP. Uh, I'm not. He might be youth offenders. No, he's above eighteen. I think it's HMP. But I think it, Feltham is. I'm not sure. Feltham's actually. both of them. Yeah. Okay. Feltham, it's like Winchester. But the uh, yeah, it comes out. All his pals are spraying him with champagne, uh, and then straight into an interview outside the jail. She just got great access the whole time. Like, yeah, yeah. So that must have been planned, obviously, for her to be there with yeah, the camera. But and that's the first time she met him. So oh. maybe they they might have done it for his manager, who's who plays like a big role throughout the whole thing. Okay. And then goes that she goes with him to his like release party. Mm. To, not not release of an album, but fresh home from jail party. Uh, I do. I always like documentaries that have good access, where the camera is just allowed. You know, like fly on the wall. I don't like yeah. to use the term, but it yeah. is. I do like to just observe what you wouldn't otherwise see, and especially not from their own media team's eye, because mm. that always seems a bit constructed and and weird, but. Always good documentaries for me allow the viewer into something which they would never otherwise see. Yeah, and it's not like none of it seems contrived or or fake. Like like mm. it doesn't seem like anything is being done for the sake of the of the camera. It's just like well, it's credit to the yeah, to the just, documentary yeah. maker for for to make your contributor or or the person that it's about to be that comfortable. Yeah. And I suppose that's a product of it just being her. There, like if there was like mm. a guy with a boom, uh, stood there, and there's and there's some other guy with headphones on mixing sound, and that doesn't that doesn't happen. It it's, like, it's harder to happen. Yeah. So um, yeah. So one of the things I was surprised about. But if, I mean, I've heard of it before, but seeing it, seeing it portrayed in this fly on the wall way, mm. is he gets a call on the same day he's released from his lawyer, who plays a big part in the documentary. Like, there's, like, it's supposed to be like client, client attorney privilege, where it's like it's all private and that. Mm. But she got the access to that. She's like recorded, like she was there when they're talking on FaceTime, where she's explaining his probation rules. And he, yeah, he's told he can't stay in London. He's got to move up to Norwich on uh, by one o'clock that day. Mm. Which means it must be early when they're, they're all spraying champagne outside. Yeah, Felt, you, don't, you don't get out of prison all the time. You know, that, no, that's the thing. In the so in the car on the way, on the way from the prison to the party, she's like, yeah. So what does it feel like? Uh, what does it feel like getting out of jail? Like you must feel great. And he's like, well, this is my fourth time being released. So. Oh Jesus. <laughs> It's a reoffender. <laughs> so the, uh, so yeah, and then then he gets another. So not only does he have to move to Norwich, uh, he also can't talk about certain things in his music, uh, anything that incites violence. He gets in, he gets in trouble, which pissed me off because I feel like you know, it's a it's a creative, it's a creative industry. Yeah, he's able to express himself. This isn't China. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he gets he gets he also gets in trouble because it, George the the George Floyd situation happens while he's uh, on probation in Norwich. He goes so it's quite recent then. Yeah, yeah, he goes down, he goes down the road to a Black Lives Matter protest, posts a picture, and then gets in trouble with the police because of it. Yeah, uh, 
I mean, yeah, he's just on watch, really. Yeah, exactly. He's, it's pretty rough. But then, yeah, I'm not going to say how it ends, but even though it's, it's public record, but a tremendous documentary. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, no, I admire, I admire sort of small budget, organic things, and obviously they trusted her to to do a good job of it, and she she took it upon herself to like do a impressive, quick turnaround doc. Yeah, man, smashed it. Shout out to her. Shout out to her. Okay, I watched another BBC documentary um, on the YouTube uh, about Liam Gallagher's "As You Were." Um, album which was extremely successful. I don't know what he did in the years between Oasis and there was another band. Yeah, BDI. There? BDI, and apparently it didn't do as well. It's pretty wank. Yeah, but he came back in a big way with this "As You Were" album, and I don't really know too much about Oasis or the whole beef with Blur and whatnot. But um, it was interesting to see him in a more vulnerable state than otherwise seen you know because yeah. he's a quite a boisterous fellow boisterous <laughs> says what he wanted impulsive got into a lot of trouble sort of didn't censor himself whatsoever talking about censorship of digger d he yeah. wasn't censored in any way not self-censored not pr it's true he was on stage like like accepting an award at the the brits or something and he ends it by going, "All right, let's all let's all go do some class eights." <laughs> yeah, first of all, that's that's influencing that's influencing people. Yeah, I mean the that's the that's to... the nineties. It's different, man. It's a different. It was a different world. That's true. Jokes were different. Other things were allowed. You know, people were doing blackface on television, and it was okay. But Sorry. yeah, no, it's just unfunny nowadays. <laughs> some of those things, you know. But yeah, um, no, it was just a it was it was a different different climate. And he sort of, well, from what I can see, sort of went into an abyss with BDI and just wasn't as successful as he was previously. But I think this album like reinvigorated him, but also showed that he, in a sense, had musical talent. Whereas I suppose before he was just seen as the front man who could sing yeah, in this strange he way. Me, like he wrote one or two songs, like, popular Oasis songs, but no. Yeah, was the was the right? He was the Gary Barlow, you know. Gary Barlow. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Barlow owns all the masters to take that, and all the others just sort of follow in his wake. Yeah, like how you went for Gary Barlow, not like Paul McCartney or something. Hey man, I went for Gary Barlow. <laughs> That's what I went for. Um, but I think the whole controversy between him and Noel it, it took somewhat of a center stage in the documentary but I'm glad they didn't focus on it too much cuz yeah. I mean it doesn't really matter and that's a separate documentary yeah it's a whole <laughs> separate made, thing and they did touch on it here and there and it, they spoke to his mum and they t- they she touched on it and hoped that they'd get back together or whatever but primarily this was just about how he was able to write another hit album and he didn't really know that he could do that but the stars aligned for him and it showed that he did have some creative instincts and and could make good songs on his own and with this band it just sort of got put together and there was no drama and it all just fit and went along he, he did 138 shows which is just insane all over all over the world 
still popular. People are screaming and crying, <laughs> loving, loving Liam. And he just still walks about like a like a child. But at the same time, with the knowledge that he's a bit older and he can't do the things he once could. It's a beautiful thing. But it's a what, coming of age tale. Yeah. What I do like about it, though, it's the same with most creatives. He said, or like boxers or whatever, or, or high achieving athletes, is that when they're not doing their thing, they become off off offline offline off kilter yeah so towards the end of the documentary it was like i had to start making another album because he just had no purpose you know that's his thing that's what he needs to do and he does it well and he needs to carry but i find i always find that interesting about any any well with like boxers when they're not doing that what do they do you know that's the that's the whole that's the whole stick yeah that's the whole thing because they just lose the motive, you know. Your purpose. Your purpose. I in find life. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones uh, fighting this weekend. It was a good promo to the to the <laughs> Mike Tyson thing, but apparently they can't knock each other out. It's an exhibition match. It's a complete exhibition, but then somebody else has counted it and said they can knock each other out. Like, I want to see Mike Tyson knock out Roy Jones Jr. Is it going to happen? No. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's going to be terrible. Surely they have a, like, they have a rule... So are they gonna? Are they wearing headgear? No, no headgear, but they're wearing twelve ounce gloves, as opposed to so eight. I think they could. They could be knocked out, like like because how, how can you, like if you can hit to the head, then you can be knocked out. <laughs> hey man, I I have no idea. <laughs> it just seems a bit. I don't know. I mean, I'll watch it, but I'm not. I'm not paying twenty pounds to watch it. Yeah. I'll watch it illicitly. Yeah. Um, Kevin Hart. Yeah. I watched his No Fucks Given special on Netflix and uh, unfortunately it's bad. How many thumbs out of five? One. One thumb? Yeah, one thumb. It's tragic. (laughs) One thumb given. (laughs) It's just just not very good. But as I was saying, it's like, um, it's not in any way well rehearsed. Because you you know comedians listening to like Joe Rogan, people go for a year testing out material. Yeah. This seems like it wasn't tested. And because his audience loved him, they laughed. But I just thought that... I found myself like 20 minutes in having not laughed out loud once. Yeah. But I mean, it could be... Maybe it's because of the... uh the virus that he couldn't go out to i mean he doesn't to be fair he doesn't normally like i don't think he's a guy that goes to little comedy clubs to test his material he does like stadium tours he just and then films the last one uh okay (laughs) yeah he's just he's a mega 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 star so he's always gonna sell whether it's good or bad but it's just unfortunate because obviously his his first specials or his first smaller shows were just fucking hilarious yeah, but then then his gimmick became like the the pyrotechnics and the and he's wearing like leather trousers and he's like clowns <laughs> about you know his his thing is now sort of like performative comedy with less substance in the jokes which makes it somewhat funny but you're you're not laughing at 
the the joke you're laughing at what he's doing or yeah. the voice he's doing like or Lee the Evans. action yeah <laughs> <laughs> Lee Evans did crap me up though. yeah back in the day Lee Evans was hilarious was the man I was also like 10 though, yeah so. <laughs> says a lot for his comedy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was just unfortunate really to see him sort of because yeah in some way it, it felt a bit embarrassing that I don't know just what it, it was like you can do better than this you were funny yeah and yeah. it 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 just shouldn't have been a special, I don't think. But maybe, and I mean, <laughs> or maybe his audience has just changed, and people like that, and yeah, he's like, catering to different people. But it just didn't seem like yeah. observational comedy in the same way that it used to be. It's like he's used up all his things, whereas somebody like Dave Chappelle just uses the world as his joke. It's weird though because Kevin Hart, like if you if you if you watch him in interviews, he's a like he's a genuinely like funny guy. Mm. But it's weird when that doesn't translate into like onto the stage anymore. Yeah, but it's like it used. But he's to. still funny. I think like, just he has people laughing at him all the time. Yeah, that when he says unfunny things, people still laugh. So we can't really gauge that because he's just a natural funny person that the substance just has become less which is unfortunate but yeah one thumb up for that but if you want to i don't know watch yeah. it in pity <laughs> please do um and then yeah i watched i've been watching industry which is about um canary wharf the finance industry um young graduates mostly from oxford and Eaton. Um, yeah. it's, it's basically a comment on or like a, an analysis of fictional analysis of where Canary Wharf is at and what it's like and the cha chaotic lifestyles people lead. Um, one character goes out all night clubbing, clubbing, sniffing gear, has sex in the toilets with a woman, then goes to work straight away. Yeah. Oh god, I couldn't and think of anything worse. The bit, the bit in that that makes me think that okay, maybe it's like like I I felt so much relief when I saw him like at work have a shower and like oh put deodorant on and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, it's not all bad. Like yeah. he can get away with this. <laughs> but if he went in there just straight like oh. bo. And yeah, it was just causes me. It causes yeah. me a lot of stress. I think. Yeah. I think the reason why it's well made and the reason why I'm so into it is because it creates anxiety within me. And I think good shows do that, especially like horror or drama or thrillers. It creates that thing where you don't want the bad thing to happen. Yeah. And you're, you're you totally know. involved in the, in the pursuit of some fuckery. Yeah. Um, but basically it follows this girl, this woman who is obviously extremely intelligent, but, in the first episode, you, you realise that she's forged documents of her university. Um, so she's already probably not supposed to be there or lied to get in there, but is making headway with her sort of boldness. And the people from Oxford look upon her with some some sort of envy because she's taken it by the reins and that her sort of superior is... Uh, taking taking note of her boldness or or her her yeah because she doesn't she like her thing is that she yeah she doesn't have the you know the 
the official education, mm. but she's making like she like just for her performance. Exactly. The you know trying to say that you don't need the education. You don't necessarily need it, but obviously to get on these graduate yeah. schemes, mostly people are being given the opportunity because they're Oxford graduates. Um, and yeah, I read a little bit about the creators of the show. They were in Canary Wharf or in the finance his- industry for a bit, didn't like it. So they wanted to show the sort of stresses and just the chaos of it all. The it's sort of American ordered made. chaos. I thought it was made by Americans. So the two guys are English, but it got picked up by Lena Dunham, okay. who's an executive producer who made Girls... Um, so it's being concurrently shown with HBO and, um, yeah, it's just extremely interesting, but also it's just good because it's like young, hot people going about life in a particular way, in a stressful situation. I'm looking at them with no envy, (laughs) but at the same time, you just want to carry on watching because they're getting themselves into some sticky situations. Tremendous, man. Yeah, I saw the first episode. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, but well, I mean, it gets so stressful. There was one part. Stressful. There was one part in the third episode where they go for a meeting with a client, and they the two two of the graduates are talking at cross purposes, and one of the seniors is in the office, and it's just a shit show because it's my worst nightmare. Like, imagine being at work with the high profile client. And you're having an argument, you're having in-house fighting between two of you. And then your superior saying, let's leave this at the front. Oh my God. It, I paused it and went downstairs and made a cup of tea. And then came back and prepared myself to watch the rest of the scene. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a stressful scenario. And it's a bad advert for modafinil use. Oh yeah, some guy dies. Which I don't, I don't think that's realistic, but. He was taking it too far. <laughs> he took it way too far, yeah. man. His heart came Get up. Get it together. Cool, man. Tremendous. It's nice to see you, mate. C'est la vie. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>